1: And it's myself, Stevie. want to speak about the big news that everyone is talking about at the moment. Rizzo has working Wi-Fi. Hello, John.
0: Hi, Stevie. Yep. The Wi-Fi boys are back in
1: town. What hotel have you booked into?
0: One that's very secret. Celtic uh, make deals for new managers and that. Watch this space.
1: But seriously, we're talking about Neil Lennon's departure as Celtic manager for the next half hour and a bit. We might even stretch on longer than that. Let's just get right into it and see what happens. John, were you surprised as I was that Celtic finally acted, albeit far too late with this?
0: No, because I said in the last podcast, he wouldn't have been the manager next season. And that performance that night was so poor. I mean, it really was... Alright, we missed a couple of sitters, but it was still a terrible performance against a team that the bottom of the league. And I thought that might well be the end of it. And as I said all along... When Lennon said a couple of times that he hadn't spoke to Dominic McKay, I thought there's no way he's gonna beat Celtic next season. And there is a way. I mean I'm I he's saying it he says he's resigned and I think I may be just sort of save face type thing. I'm not really surprised and i to tell you the truth. I mean that was appalling that night. And obviously he should have like gone like back in November or even maybe back in August, although that was probably unrealistic. But no, I can't see say I was that surprised.
1: Well, Celtic today did announce that Neil Lennon resigned from his position as football manager with immediate effect. They went on to say, Neil has served the club with distinction as both player and manager, delivering numerous successes, most recently completing the domestic treble in December. In his second period as Celtic manager, he's achieved five trophy successes to add his three league titles into his Scottish Cup victories in his first period as manager. I mean, John... Despite how frustrating this season's went, in fact, frustrating is just putting it nicely. Uh, as dismal as this season's went, to use a cliche, when it does say it was, he will be remembered, maybe not fondly, but certainly as a relatively successful Celtic manager. Why
0: well, do think I've always talked about that statue? I might downgrade that now to like a bust or a paving stone. When okay, this season has been dreadful, frustrating. Like pick any word. It's been diabolical. But overall he did do well in in both spells. And I mean, I've never been a huge fan of him as a manager. In both spells as manager, I think he's made mistakes. But for the most part, he got the he got the job done. I mean, this is probably the only season he's been Celtic manager where Celtic have like completely been out the running to win the league. I mean, if you look at his first season, we should have won that league. We won the league every other season. He was managing his first spell and then when he came back he won the league when he took over for Rodgers. He won the league his second season, and football teams do have bad seasons. And I said all along that I thought one in nine in a row, one in ten in a row, sorry, wouldn't it be simple because it's never been done before. So I mean, it has done well, but I think it's just the fact that it dragged on so long. And Celtic with a typical sort of inertia and thinking like what do they do didn't help, and it should have been like it should have lost the job last year. I think everybody knows that, but. Overall, he did do a good job.
1: But of course, this season is what we have to focus on the here and now. We're not going to just be romanticising this. We have to be fair. And we can't just go into footed in, in Lenin either, despite the fact that he probably deserves it for some of his antiques this season and uh, some of his decisions as well. But how do you feel about the fact that the decision was made? How do you feel for Neil Lenin after all this?
0: Indifferent, really, because. I mean, his dream job, I'd imagine was to manage Celtic, and he had great success at Celtic up until this season. I mean, it didn't help that this was a a 10-in-a-row season that was supposed to take us over the top and etc, but nothing really. I mean, I don't really feel anger. I mean, that I stopped being angry about Celtic long ago. I'm a grown man, (laughs) Stephen. Just indifferent, really. I don't feel sorry for him. I'm no, like, over the moon that he's gone, because it's too late. I'm just really interested to see what Celtic are going to do like going forward. But, I mean, that's for another time because we're talking about Lenny. What do you feel about him leaving?
1: You know, you know me better than a lot of people, unfortunately <laughs> for yourself, John. Yes. And you know how I felt when, I mean, I was in party mode when Neil Lennon uh, left in 2014. I couldn't stomach the way he was taking Celtic, the direction he was taking Celtic. Yes, we won a league, only losing one game. I believe... You know, we surpassed. Was it? Or did we just fail to get a hundred points
0: in that thirteen fourteen season? Not sure, but I know we only did lose one game in Aberdeen. And
1: they were other people don't pay for this, eh, John? Exactly. But no, um, you know me very, very well. in my thoughts with Neil Lennon that towards the end, the second half of the twelve fourteen season, he was infuriating me to the point where he was telling me to relax and shut up on Twitter when he had an account. You remember that very well, of course. And thirteen fourteen, I just could not stomach the man. However. A lot of people that I have seen have been celebrating it and truly saying how much they now hate Neil Lennon as a person, as a manager. And that's fine because I'm not here to come on and pontificate and say, oh no, you shouldn't be saying that. You shouldn't be hating anyone, especially the manager of Celtic. Because seeing 08-09, drum, I utterly resented Gordon Strachan. Gordon Strachan put me off football for a good three or four months. I was delighted after the season ended when we drew 0-0 against Hearts, Rangers won the league at Tannadice. I just thought that's the end of him because it was just like, f- I know there was years of success with another understrating, but it was a lot of stubbornness as well and just wee man syndrome. It just annoyed me and I really, really resented him. But now, flash forward, where well, I don't really feel that anger with striking anymore, it would be a bit unrealistic to carry that much of a grudge. So when I saw the news last night when Neil Lennon, it was like when I heard the rumblings of Gordon Strachan when he was leaving in 2009, I was just so excited and really at the time messaging everybody, going on forums, just it was like an outpouring of relief. I think at first we were all having to pinch ourselves going, it's actually happening, we can move forward. But when I saw the statement, and when you think about it, Neil Lennon will actually be hurting. I think when I take a step back, he was just out of his depth, and I just feel a bit relieved now, John. That He's no longer there in charge of a talented group of players that he just wasn't getting the most out of. He can move forward. Celtic can eventually move forward. Um, and so can we on this podcast, I guess.
0: I I mean, it's good that finally things are getting sorted. I mean, we're going to have a new chief executive. We're going to have, I think, a director of football. I see that's 99% certain that's going to happen. I think we'll have maybe a head coach and no look at sort of track suit manager type of thing. I'm not sure what will happen with John Kennedy. I wouldn't be surprised if he's still there because I think he's a big favourite of the Celtic uh, board. But, I mean, it is good. It's a pity like, the way it's happened in our defence of the league this season has been atrocious. But, I mean, it is good that finally we can look forward to what's going to happen in the future. And it's a pity I'm not going to see the game of Saturday due to work commitments because I'm actually interested to see who John Kennedy would play. I mean, if he'd do something radically different to what Neil Lenny would do, I would imagine that he wouldn't. But then you don't know, because look at how popular John Kennedy was with Brendan Rodgers. He wanted to take him to Leicester with him. So, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's always interesting at Celtic. And this, I think, next few months is going to be the most some of the most interesting that it's ever been at Celtic. I mean, so many things that are going to be happening. I think a lot of players will leave. Hopefully, we'll sign some good players as well a new director of football which we've never really done before we've had like guys like Hammond and stuff at the club and John Park but no an actual director of football
1: back in the day we had Jock Brown what was he though was he like general, general manager. manager
0: he was general manager and, I, and he looked wasn't a sort of football specialist he was a commentator <laughs> it's a bizarre decision that Celtic we still won the league though it's definitely going to be interesting to Celtic these next few months I think i will be a big up people but I'm hoping that like I was going to see in July but I mean I'm We shouldn't be doing this, but unless something drastic happens, I'm not holding much hope for Europe next season. I know that'll affect the bottom line, but next season I think it's going to be all about getting the league trophy back to where it belongs.
1: I remember Neil Lennon, I think, was a coach under Tony Mowbray in the 09 10 season, and that's when he became the caretaker after that. And despite the Ross County result, he, of course, impressed enough for Celtic to offer him the job, and he was allowed to choose his own staff there. I remember John Collins talking about it. I just, just how crucial it was like the manager makes the decisions. He decides who his backroom team's going to be who his coaches are and he's got to be in control of that situation and you saw a lot this season John that Neil Lennon just he was there in control of a lot of situations and we're going to move on to talk about the fatal results that pretty much defined this season but before we do that I mean I think that was the main part of it, Neil Lennon never once seemed that he was in control of the dugout, he was in control of the players on the pitch, in control of his own tactics, everything was just so incoherent and it just all just unfurled and culminated in That's complete disaster.
0: I don't think the start of the season helped. I mean, I don't think we'll ever get the full story, but I don't think what happened with bowling goalie helped at all. I said it before on one of the previous podcasts, but that put us in the back foot, and I don't think we've recovered from that since. We're we're talking about results. I mean, if you look at the French-Varos game, what Laren said after about players wanting to leave, and nobody left, I don't think that helped either. I, I see, if players had left in August, I think people would have been annoyed. But it probably might have been for the greater good because they could have got rid of the players that didn't want to be here and brought in players that didn't want to play for Celtic. Okay, that doesn't always work. I mean, Shane Duffy's not worked, but that could have helped. But I really don't think that the club's recovered, well, recovered this season, I should say, sorry, for the the ball and goal thing at the start. And that probably says more about Celtic than really it should.
1: Cash your mind back to Lee Griffiths at the start of the season too. Neil Lennon could have made a huge statement by saying this is a season we can't afford any slip-ups. This is so important for us. Lee Griffiths was still allowed to carry on in his role at the club despite umpteen warnings and despite fucking getting takeaways in the summer coming back overweight. Neil Lennon played the pals out there in different situation with ball and goalie, yes. But it was the way that he was so publicly flogged him at a very crucial time, of course, in the season. I'm not going to deny that. But it was just that type of inconsistency, you know, John, that really summed up his performance as manager this season.
0: They had to do something about ball and goalie because he went abroad and played. I know what Griffiths done, like having parties, was uh, wasn't great either. But that was in Scotland. I mean, it shouldn't have happened, but he didn't leave the country and then come back and play. And that was right at the start of the season when I think the wonderful government probably would have cancelled Scott cancelled the season if they could have. If only they had. I think <laughs> uh, I think they would have cancelled the season, and obviously Celtic he want to be the scapegoats for that because we all thought we were still going to win the league then. So I can see why they sort of acted differently with ball and goalie than he did with Griffiths. I mean, shouldn't he? I suppose they both still get the same punishment. That was never going to happen. I mean, yeah, but Griffiths
1: also caused like internal disruption within the squad too because there, were, there could have been players there that needed more development or needed more rest in pre-season and they played more minutes because Griffiths was acting like a dick having takeaways and all that. I mean, that's my job. That's a podcaster's <laughs> job. It's not for a football player. You know what I'm saying? No. And I get and I get it. Ball and goalie as well acted like a fucking tool. The, the, the point is, right, Lennon really could have set a precedent right there and then that there's no fucking about this season and he failed to do that and that's what I'm trying to get out here with the whole lack of control thing. He just never seemed... That he was in top of any situation this season at Celtic.
0: No, I didn't. And I think that's sort of just spelled doom for the rest of the season.
1: Right. so anyway, let's move on because we're both going to talk about like three fatal games that we felt have harmed Lennon in Celtic this season. And I just want to go on to something very quickly. Because it was in eighteen nineteen. Two pivotal games that I felt were against Rangers, John. And if you cash your mind back, right to under Rogers, we slaughtered Rangers, I mean, it was towards the end of Rodgers' era, yes things were a wee bit different and Gerard got his first win over them in fact, Rangers' first win over us since they returned to the league but under Lennon, that 2-1 game against Gerard Celtic was a big one because we had the chance there to really hammer them, um, when they went down to 10 men, I think we were 1-0 up, and then that's when you started seeing Neil Lennon's tactical ineptitude, when Gerard with 10 men set up far better than Neil Lennon did. Um, we were under the course, Ryan Kent equalised. And it was only a very lucky uh, winner when Tavernier gave the ball away. Edward slipped in Forest and made it 2-1. But then following up after that, we won the league, of course, at Petaudry. But a couple of weeks later, we lost at Ibrooks 2-0. Tavernier got a goal. Scott Arfield got a goal. And Rangers then smell blood, I thought. I think they, it was a total, total dominant display. Even Glenn Kamara, he ran rings around Scott Brown that day. And I know, right? That was like their version of us in the 90s when we won the dead rubber games against Rangers. But there was something about that that I think Rangers sensed they could really get in Neil Lennon's Celtic team just by like maybe adding a few players to their team and just building on the consistency they'd maybe shown.
0: They didn't have your until this season. I know, I know.
1: But then when you look at the season after that, when they beat us, they were unfortunate in the Betfred Cup game, of course. And then when they beat us at Celtic Park, and then they've not looked back since. And before we... That's the second one I'm going to talk about. But the first result was Ferenc Farros losing 2-1 there. That obviously just set the tone for this season of horror. And just the mistakes they made, the the absolute basics. see the early goal. Ryan Christie getting punted up front. I know he scored, but we were just missing a natural outlet. We never really created much. There was just no rhythm to a play whatsoever. I remember watching that. And you know what I'm like, John, every time when it comes to watching Celtic, I'm always texting you going, I will still win 3-1 or something though. But I think I was messaging you that game and after about half an hour, I think I said to you, I think we're in trouble here. And that is the first time, you know, in a long, long time, that... Watching Celtic, I've realised there's not going to be any of this great escape, or miracle. I think, tactically, we're done here, and we look knackered.
0: You did message me because I was on a train, and I missed the game. <laughs> game, lucky me. I was on a train coming back from London back when you used to be able to do things. <laughs> 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 I and like when I got off the train, I saw that it would manage, even though it would equalise, would manage to throw it away as usual, and then when I got back up the road, I heard that Len had done this interview where he said, it's been annoying over for ages that players that want to leave can leave, which of course they didn't leave. I think, as well as ball and goalie, the season just didn't recover for the two incidents and that is really not good enough when you think about how successful the Celtic team has been in the last 10 years. They shouldn't have just fallen pieces the way they did. But I mean, the warning signs were there, I mean, playing Christie as a striker up front, I mean... Lenny's done sort of weird tactics in Europe before. I mean, playing rank playing Carl McGregor at left back, I remember against Kludge, another time we made a mess in the Champions League qualifiers. The signs were there that it was gonna be a dodgy season for that night. After that
1: Ferenc Faro's game as well, John, that was when Neil Lennon was was saying Celtic, you know, the players have only got their Celtic blame. And it was the first of many bad results under him where he didn't take responsibility. Not taking responsibility, as I said on episode 30 with punk Phone, that's been a recurring theme this season. And, you know, it's about showing leadership. It's about taking the responsibility after it and, and, and admitting when you fucked up. But instead, there was this real, real desire to deflect uh, and say it was somebody else's fault. And a couple of times you can get away with that, but see when it's like nine or ten terrible results. Ain't going to happen And the big thing for me When I read what he said after it He said he doesn't know If it was attitude or mentality But it's cost us again I'll have to carry the can And take the responsibility for it That's the irony about it Because he never did Because right after it He just went to say Some players don't want to be here You're going to have to ask them What their problem is And you're like (sighs) I mean that's no responsibility there at all You don't know the meaning of the word But I mean I could go on about that game For the next half an hour And I don't want to take up a lot of your time, John. I know your Wi-Fi struggling as it is. So let's <laughs> talk about your first fatal result in this toxic season.
0: I'm picking the three straw with Aberdeen at Pitodry. I think it was in October. Yeah, the mistakes we made in that game were just ridiculous. Shane Duffy, I feel bad for him, really, in all honesty, because he just wasn't cut out for it. He'd a stinker that day. But the thing that day was. We we're still weren't that many points behind Rangers, I think. It was like single figures. And I think we still had a game in hand, or a couple of games in hand. So if we'd won, I think it was after we'd lost the, the first game against Rangers the season. I mean, if we'd won, it'd have been a sign. Because I wouldn't be playing that bad then. Okay, we've started the season badly, but we can still come back and win this league. And we did gear away a couple of goals, or 2-1 down. But then uh, Griffiths scored a belter, and then we got a penalty. And Christie scored, so we're 3-2 ahead. And in previous seasons, see would have just shut up shop and like seen out the win. But we just completely went to bits that day. Howard missed a couple of chances to equalise. And then, in the very last minute, our defence just was nowhere and we gave away a penalty.
1: Scott Wright came on, remember, who's now at Rangers. Uh, he took out four players with one run. And yes, we gave away that penalty. Uh, Lewis Ferguson scored. And can I just say, John, we had one game in hand ahead of Rangers, and that result put us six points behind them, so even at that point, Lee, who hosted this podcast after the Livingston game, the two two each draw, he is quite interesting because Lee said to me that he felt it was this game that you're talking about here that signalled the end of the league for us, and I'm just surprised because that was like, we still had a game in hand and still had three games against Rangers to go, but I'm just surprised as to why yourself and obviously Lee thought this was such a huge one for us.
0: Because of the way we just collapsed, that hadn't happened really at all in the previous nine, ten seasons. We're just unlike this Celtic team that's like, usually for the most part, like made a strong stuff. We don't, unless we're in Europe, let's say, we sometimes like go to pieces. But we don't do it in Scotland and we did. We just couldn't cope when Aberdeen attacked us. That happened loads of times this season, we panicked. And that didn't happen hardly at all in the last ten seasons. And we were still in the league race then, but. That was, I think, when we started that run in October-November. Like, I think two wins in 13 games. and But of that was finished. But no, I mean, nobody able to see that 3-2 win up at Aberdeen really was, I think, a killer. If we'd won, we'd been well in it. With a game in hand, I think we'd only been like... If we'd won the game in hand, we'd been only one or two points behind. But no, that game... I don't think we recovered for that. That was at
1: the end of our nightmare week, of course, because that was kicked off by a 2-0 defeat at home to Rangers. And that's the second result I want to talk about. I felt that game was just something else. I mean, of course, we were, I wouldn't say ravaged by COVID, but certainly we were weakened by it because Eduard was out, Ilhamid was out, Beton was out, and I think Christy too. But we still had a really good team on that pitch. Uh, we still had players in there that knew how to beat Rangers. Of course, Stephen Welsh came in to play from the start. You had Lax out making his debut. It was a hard game for them to get thrown into, and I thought they were two of the performers that day were okay, but not getting a shot on target against Rangers uh, and meekly just surrendering was, was real warning signs for me. I think after Ferenc faros, I thought, yes, yeah, taking in Europe, here we go. But up until the Rangers game, we were winning games. Before that, we had 1-2-0 at army Park without playing well. And I thought, it's just a slow start to the season. I've seen it before. We'll eventually find a run we'll find We'll get into a stride. Didn't happen. When the first five minutes, it was like watching Rangers when they came to Celtic Park in the December 2019 game. First five minutes, they just had all of the ball. They knew exactly how to press They knew what we were going to do. They prepared far better than we did. So they got a goal, of course, from a set-piece, which would be a trademark... Of this season We just couldn't defend them. Connor Goldson got in ahead of Shane Duffy barcas That was one of the games as well for him That his confidence Just seemed to be hit after it People were saying That he could have done better After both goals Maybe the first one Second one I really I thought he was blameless But that was when Shane Duffy started Coming in for a lot of criticism too After a fairly solid start You know Your goalkeeper And your main uh, defender At the time And the pattern Just never really Were able to shake that off it um, it. was it, the darkness played them ever since that game. Rangers just drew first blood. They never looked back. We just seemed to doubt ourselves every time after it. And once more, to finish this one off and my point here with it, not getting a shot on target and not walking Alan McGregor was just... Uh, Seriously, seriously concerning, John.
0: I know. I mean, before that game, I didn't think we'd win, to tell you the truth. I was surprised at how meek we were. I think we'd like one effort, and it was our two efforts. I think we had uh, Elian Roussey, and it was a good chance. We lobbed over the bar, and I think we'd won for Griffiths near the end. But that's about it. And no, I mean, it's not, they were never good, obviously, to lose to Rangers, but that really was insipid. He'd never have a shot on target. And like the fact that it was played in silence with no fans, it was just a weird day on. No, that really put us in the back foot. And as you say, the Rangers didn't look back and we didn't do anything.
1: Give me your second fatal result.
0: Right, I know we've both picked games against this team, but I'm going to pick uh, Sparta-Prague at home. I mean, I think this really has to go down as a low point in the season. And when you think about how bad we've been this season, that's saying something. I mean, I think they were playing the reserve team there's so many players out with a virus.
1: I mean, they were genuinely ravaged by COVID. That was Aye. that was been ravaged. They had like eight players out or something, yeah?
0: They had eight players out. I think they were playing rubbish in their domestic league as well. And then they went and just destroyed us 4-1. We just played so, so poor. Couldn't go with anything that Sparta Prague B team did. They seemed to like score it well. I think they hit the bar on the post as well. It could have been 5 or 6-1. It was just abject even by Celtic and Europe standards. And... I thought there was no way back for Lennon uh, after that, but he still ended up being here for like another three or four months after that, but no, that's my second choice. That was really humiliatingly bad performance.
1: Well, yeah, so I chose the as my third fatal result the one that I, I felt there should be no way back for him, was Sparta 4-1 away, and I felt that was <laughs> really remarkable, considering after the 4-1 home defeat, Neil Lennon said there's going to be a serious shake-up and culture change, and We'll learn lessons from it, this will not happen again. Ryan Christie was in the Celtic media sort of interviews all week and in the newspapers saying how it's a grudge match going to Prague. Oh. This time it's personal, all that. Kevin McGregor was the same, I think he was guilty of it, saying Prague are in for it. So we went 1 0 up. Edward scored, critting goal. When you're thinking, I could maybe take a couple off this mob, within 10 minutes they equalized. They then scored another one just before half-time. You knew when they made it 2-1. That was it. There was no way we were coming back. We looked shell-shocked. Never mind the equalising goal. We looked shell-shocked just to be in the lead. It was as if the team went, God, I can't believe we we're 1-0 away in Europe. What do we do here? They just buckled. They just imploded. The goal we conceded for the corner <laughs> was embarrassing. And then that guy who scored the hat trick at Celtic Park, Lucas Ulys, I think it was, he went and scored two that night. The last goal was just a farce, being off his line at like 30 yards or something. The guy took it round him, and then McGregor sprinting full pelt to go, you know, to stop him hitting it into the empty net. The guy just took it round McGregor. He was practically laughing when he did it. I felt when you've got a guy here just showing up, Kyle McGregor, who is a distinctly good international footballer for us. Something's not right and to get beat 4-1 again or Sparta Prague when we were in the media with all these sound bites giving it, it's never going to happen again. I thought, nah, do the right thing. Punted out of Europe after that twice when the year wasn't even out and, and unfortunately, as you said, <laughs> weirdly, a few months later, he was still in a job. I couldn't believe that it. it was the, the one result out of all of them this season that I still look at the scoreline. And it just mortifies me, John. Everything that could have went wrong that game, did.
0: For my last game, I didn't pick ross County in uh, the Fred Cup, even though I think that game was the breaking point for a lot of people. I didn't pick uh, St. Johnston in uh, the league, which was another terrible result. I picked the ross County game for the other night, because that result and performance was so poor, that even the Celtic board, who are notoriously averse to it, sacking managers even Tony Mowbray going until March they came to the conclusion that this is not good enough anymore I mean obviously and we noticed that happened months ago but even the Celtic board who are known for the forward thinking thought for we can't put up with this anymore we can't have Celtic losing the league over in February Rangers possibly winning the league at Celtic Park Celtic losing to Ross County twice in a season we can't have that anymore and Neil learning has to go even though he's resigned and not been sacked or whatever. But no, that that's my third choice again game for the all night. I mean, that's sort of the nadir of the season, I suppose, because it ended up Neil Lennon resigned a couple of days after it.
1: I think after Sparta 4 went away, nothing ceased to amaze me with Neil Lennon Celtic anymore. I think that was the lowest I've, I'd ever seen us, And we did podcasts after it, of course, John, where, of course, we were still shocked uh, and dismayed at how bad we had been. But I think, realistically, Sparta 4-1 away is one of the worst ever Celtic performance. It could be the worst I've seen as, really. It's, it's well, one, of thought- ones, one of the ones, ones certainly a generational thing mm. when a lot of people look back and, you know, I think my uncle and grander talk about Noy Shatel Zamax and you get the Art media game and all that, yeah. But Sparta 4-1 away was, was another level. It was just embarrassing. I think I just expected Neil Lennon to go after It didn't happen, but hey, look, like it's done now. We've went through our results and I think at some point maybe later in the season we can dissect the season when we do a review. But if we're moving on to a wee bit more positive news, when Neil Lennon been away, what players do you think are going to get a boost for us? I'm thinking maybe Mohamed El-Yanussi, brilliant player. Will least maybe be played in the wing now? I'd like to see that, but at the same time I'd like to see Michael Johnson getting a proper run in the team for these last eight games. The big question now remains is uh, Neil Lennon said Scott Bain was undisputedly his number one but no Lennon's away now. Where does that leave Scott Bain? And more importantly, where does that leave Vasilis Barkas?
0: That's what's going to be interesting about Saturday. I'm really not sure what John Kennedy's going to do about the goalkeeping situation and a lot of the other situations on the pitch. I mean, there was reports, I think yesterday, that Barkas might be leaving in the summer. I mean, I think that's too hasty. I would hope gets a run of games between now and the end of the season. Because don't forget, we paid a lot of money for him. We don't want to just... Discard them after one season, even if he has not been brilliant. I mean, I would hope to get a run of games. I'd even like give players like Kamala a chance, who's rarely featured. As you said, maybe Ilunusi you know, could play in his preferred position. I would imagine Welsh. I'll still get a run on the team because, for the most part, he's done well. Mikey Johnson as well. I mean, no been seen much recently. It'd be good to get him back. I'd, it's. It'll be interesting to see what Kennedy does. I mean. It's hard to tell if the team's going to get a boost for it or no Because we're still going to lose the league I mean, all we've got is pride to play for And we didn't play like that the other night against Ross County
1: I don't know what's happened behind the scenes You don't know what's happened behind the scenes I guess we'll find out at some point There could be disruptive influences And the team's still there We just don't know I'm just wondering as well, John Could we see some lone players maybe come back to the club With a better mindset after this Such as maybe Marrage Fed as well?
0: I know he's doing better on loan than he, he has been recently I'm I'm not sure though about his future. I mean, of course, it all depends, and what the new manager thinks. I'd imagine everybody would have a clean slate. Although I'm sure if John Candy or that's still there, or they'll like begin them advice about what to the end players. A lot of times this season I've been lost for words. We said it now. I'm just, I'm just sort of bemused because we we can't really work out what's going to happen, but until we find out who the new manager is going to be, who the director of football is going to be, there's loads of rumours. I would hope that to stop the rumours going. In a frenzy would announce at least a director of football before the end of the month. I mean, I think that'd be a good start. I would hope we've got the manager in place by the end of the season. But I mean, we did that when Brendan Rodgers came in, and look at the the huge boost we got. I mean, thirteen thousand fans, including you, went to Parkhead to uh, cheer them on. Obviously, that can't happen this year thanks to the virus. But well, I don't know, maybe things will be open by then, maybe 100 fans can go and see the new manager. No, I mean, I would hope that things are getting done behind the scenes. I mean, I've seen a thing that Stephen McGowan, for the good old Daily Mail, who's well plugged in at Celtic, he says they've been interviewing like directors of football already, so I mean, I would hope that's sorted soon. And maybe even he'll have a look at the players that we've got and can help judge if they're worth keeping or not. because I think the director of football will be taking a big role for now so, I mean, we'll, we'll just need to wait and see.
1: In terms of a new manager, no, of course, we'll do a podcast near the time when it comes to the end of the season about who the new manager's going to be because they're going to have to announce something before the end of the season or as soon as it's done regarding who the new manager is because we have got such a crucial season next season domestically trying to wrestle with that title back off Rangers. Also, the European qualifiers, as we talk about, that we're going to be, before we know it, they're going to be upon us. If you could have the choice to have any manager at Celtic, what one would you go with?
0: Any manager at all, or any of the candidates that are rumoured.
1: On a fairly realistic scale as well. I mean, I'm not saying that you, you know I mean, Guardiola or all that, that's <laughs> never going to happen. But I'm talking ones that are currently unattached to a club than now.
0: Well, I think Eddie Howe would be a sort of a good appointment. I mean, I know he's not worked for a like really big club before. I'd have a slight concern that I think Scottish football might be a bit of a shock to him, because when he managed Bournemouth, I mean, he got to him, I think, for like the third division up to the Premier League which is pretty incredible and like kept them up there for years and they're not a big club at all he was used to pressure there it was a different kind of pressure I mean I think a team like Bournemouth you're allowed to like, lose a game once in a while can do that at Celtic but in a way he sort of reminds me a bit of Brendan Rogers. I mean I don't think he's as good a manager as Brendan Rogers but he's just got like something about him like I don't know I think he'd like maybe play an attacking style of football as well think it'd be a forward thinking appointment as well I mean too many times at Celtic with just a Pointed guys that are pals with people allegedly are ex players. Okay, that doesn't always work. I mean, look at what happened with Ronnie, although it did work, I suppose, because he won his league twice, but I mean, it didn't work the way we wanted it to. But I mean, when we like go really like go for broke and bring in big names, Martin O'Neill and Brendan Rogers, two are probably like, best managers in the last 30, 40, 50 years, I'd say. And okay, maybe Eddie Howe isn't as high profile as them, but he did do well in the Premier League. That's no guarantee he'll do well at Celtic. I mean, Tony Mobley, didn't he? But I think an appointment like Eddie Howe would get the fans back inside and generate a bit of excitement, which is really what we're needing. I think if we appointed somebody like, I don't know, let's say Roy Keane, I just don't think that would be doing well at all. I don't know, maybe it would, but I just think like he's not been a very good manager, really, in the past. He's not been a manager for a while. I just think that would seem seen old pals act bringing somebody in that's mates with people at Celtic I just don't think that would do well at all but I think something like Eddie Howe would be a sort of a statement that we're looking towards the future this new regime with the new uh, chief executive the new director of football and the new the new manager slash coach so I'd go for Eddie Howe who would you go for then?
1: Again within a realistic sort of frame Somebody who is without a club the now and he was last ahead of international relations and scouting at New York Red Bulls, it would be Ralph Ranić, who has managed against Celtic in the eighteen nineteen season against Brendan Rodgers. He beat us 2-0 with Leipzig and then Rodgers beat him 2-1. I mean, that would mark out if we get somebody like him, John. But the thing is, you can't just tempt Ralph Ranić by saying, right, here's a Celtic job. You'll have total control because you know what it is at Celtic, total control is not <laughs> a given Aye. and that's what he demands now he is not somebody who sticks around at a club if he's unhappy Like if he's pissed off, he will walk um, I've seen it before, when he was at uh, Stuttgart, Hanover 96 he was also at Hoffenheim he lasted five years at Hoffenheim from 06 to 2011 but I've read that book, Wings A Change, and you see where I mean like at him, that if he's not happy with the people that are there um, and he can't get them replaced, then he will have no problem just fucking off. And I don't know if I could take it, John, if we got somebody like him in. I mean, the, the joy and the euphoria of Celtic getting a manager like him. And then after three months, he's saying something like, "Enough, but well, that Dermot Desmond is far, he's too interfering for me. I'm away. And we're back to square one, man. That would kill me. So, as much as I'd love to see that, I, I, I'd see this plain style, though on the playing style the aggressive pressing system and his philosophy on football where he says when you lose the ball you've got a target to retrieve it again in 5 seconds when you get that ball back you've got a target to shoot towards the opponent's goal for 10 seconds the philosophies like that man is is, honestly I think it's it would be a breath of fresh air at Celtic and after I think we're both growing up seeing Celtic playing really good football aye okay Sometimes we haven't won when that's been the case, but it's been a far cry from what we've been served up this season under Neil Lennon, and that would be my choice, but I'm saying all that in my mind, I'm fucking getting Malky McKay or something. <laughs> at, least, at, least, at, least the, at least the club when not have a lot of scandals with him.
0: No, no, he's a clean pair of hands. For a while, she really can't predict what's going to happen, Celtic, Not even me. Aye, <laughs> exactly. I have no clue who's going to be the director of football or the coach slash manager. I've no idea whatsoever it could be anybody. Well, no anybody. But I mean it could be like any any number of people. Um so it's, it's not like there's like no obvious candidates out there. I mean there's a there'll be a lot of people interested in the jobs actually, even though this season has been a write off, there's like still a big club. I mean, when we get the fans back, all right, this sounds a bit a little Lenny, but I mean I think the fans will back the club again because fans are just desperate to get back to football again. And I think by next season, hopefully fans will be back to an extent and hopefully there'll be a new look Celtic and we'll be back where we belong, winning the league, doing respectable at first in Europe, then doing well, hopefully. But anything could happen at Celtic between the end of the season regarding these appointments.
1: Well, at least Mark McGee hasn't called a press conference to say he's not interested <laughs> in the Celtic.
0: God, that was weird. What a, what a real
1: shame that Mark McGee didn't end up as Celtic. I remember that because it was like March twenty ten, wasn't it? And when I was working at the time, like Sky, they had Sky Sports News all over the work floor, and Mark McGee called a press conference. It was just so last minute, and everybody thought, "This is that he's going to take over from Woburn," and then he just went, "I ah, just to say, to everybody, I don't want the job." And you're like, "Well, thanks for that, Mark. <laughs> I p- appreciate it." For fuck's sake! And then we beat his team nine now a season later. <laughs> That's
0: right. So we did,
1: eh? Right. So you said we. Can't predict anything here, John, and of course we couldn't predict that Ross County result. We both said three one. Maybe we shouldn't predict Aberdeen, but look, Neil Lennon's no in charge anymore. It might be a wee bit more stable in Aberdeen and of course Aberdeen. They're a dismal team who are far worse than us. Predictions for that one, I'm going to say Celtic to Aberdeen now.
0: Uh, I think two one. Uh I think they'll maybe get a goal. Canberra played well in that game a couple weeks ago. I think he might score and I think Turnbull and maybe Eddie'll score for us. And unfortunately for what commitments I'm going to miss it and I really am interested though, that word again interested, to see what happens. I mean what the team is going to be, what the is a striking. I think Steve McManus is going to be part of the coaching setup for the game as well. I seen it other day. I would imagine that there'll be changes. I would be surprised if Scott Brown plays. Will Scott Brown even maybe be like transitioning into a coaching role? I mean, that was something that I saw last night, that he might play a part as a coach, I don't know if it's this season or in the future, Sorrow and Tumblr, I would hope would play together, I would hope that when the team gets announced on Saturday, it's not going to be like all oh, the same old players I've let us do so far this season, and I hope that Kennedy has got some ideas about if he wants to be a manager or no, I mean, I would hope, no disrespecting that it's not a Celtic, I would hope that he like, cuts his teeth somewhere else, and maybe if he does well come back to Celtic in a couple of years. But, I mean, if he wants the job, and I'm not even sure if he does, I hope that he's got ideas and plans for the game on Saturday.
1: The club do have a high opinion of him. Um, I personally don't, but my opinion doesn't matter on this occasion. It's just about John Kennedy getting his through to the end of the season with as many points as possible, and hopefully we'll win against Rangers. That's how bad it is now. It's just the realistic aim to try and move forward is beating Rangers. But, anyway, that's going to be in a few weeks.
0: But I don't want to talk about playing Rangers. Do you think that if we beat Rangers... and? In- God willing, we do. That'll like have the board thinking, oh, well.
1: Don't say it. Don't say it. (laughs) We can't. Look what happens when we last made an irrational, emotional decision. Look what happened. I know. Lennon got that job in the shower. Mm -hmm. We can't do it again. It will have to be professional. We'll have to congratulate John Kennedy. Well done. We finally won against him. Take the plaudits, but this does not, this is not the barometer for success at Celtic. There's not a chance that you're getting a job next season. It has to be an experienced manager. We can't go into it with John Kennedy. It just can't. It's far too important and it could end up ruining him. I and John Kennedy probably has a future in football management. And I'm sorry, we, we just can't afford to do that.
0: No, and for worth, I don't think we will do it this time. I mean, I wouldn't surprise me if John Kennedy's still at Celtic. But, I mean, with the director of football coming in, I mean, I doubt very much that, even if we do hopefully meet Rangers, we'd give John Kennedy the job. I think there'll be somebody else completely that's in charge of the team when we play Rangers next season. But I think it'll probably be John Kennedy for the last two games this season against him. I think John Kennedy will probably be even if the results Like the i imagine It'll still be John
1: Kennedy Well hopefully It's just for these Last eight games And that's it Because if John Kennedy Is of course announced As a permanent manager Of Celtic for next season I don't know if Pod will be around John I mean you might be running it I, I won't be involved So that's a, that's a mantle You'll have to take up John oh, You'll have to step up To being the lead host Of Pod. I don't want to Infect the rest Of the Celtic support With my negative opinions On that club Any further I've had enough of it This season But this brings us to the end of episode 31. John, it's been a pleasure. I mean, look, none of us are happy, none of us are desperately sad, there's just a bit of indifference, but I guess when it's all settled, in a few years' time, Neil Lennon probably will be welcome back at Celtic Park, but before then, I mean, it's best just laying low, I guess.
0: Aye, I mean, obviously he'll be back in the future for the statue. I think he has been a good Celtic manager. I was just thinking, like. As a player, I thought he was great up until like the last, maybe the last season, where I think just time caught him. I mean, as a manager on both spells, okay, we should have won more trophies, but he had success. And I'm sad, really, the way it's worked to it. I've never been a huge fan, but obviously, I wanted to say, like badly win ten in a row, and I'm sure he would have absolutely loved it. And the celebrations, even though we wouldn't have had any fans, would have still been fantastic. So I just feel a bit sad about the whole situation. Basically, I mean, I've. For him, for the fans, for the club in general. I mean, just wish it had worked out differently, but that's football.
1: To the audience that really care about this sort of thing, it's been one hour and one minute so far. Now I don't know. I might try and get it under that. I'll just have to wait and see how much I, John, that I can remove. But <laughs> it's been a it's been a hell of a saga, just like this season. I guess isn't it, John?
0: The longest ever episode and the longest ever season. It's, it's fine.
1: Get <laughs> it right anyway. I'm Stevie. This has been episode 31, thanks a lot for listening, I'll let John do his usual hail, hail sign off, but a reminder once again to everybody to subscribe to us, or whenever you get your podcasts, uh, give us a rating and a review, it really helps. The amount of people I'm seeing subscribing to is going through the roof, and it's amazing, uh, we hope more people do that. I don't know where it's been, if, I'm going to assume it's just my partner, but chances are it probably has been the guests we've got, as well as Jackie, Justin too, but whatever, is, if you can stomach listening to me rabbit on for half an hour, or in this case, an hour, then please do subscribe more, and I'll let John have the final word.
0: Yep, subscribe and leave us five-star reviews, of course, and tell us how great we are, unlike Celtic this season, but we'll say it before, we'll say that again, Celtic will rise again, and today was the next step in that. Celtic will get better, and we will bring the lead back to Celtic Park next season. That's my bold prediction. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll speak to you soon. And of course, hail, hail.